0: And then uh, the, the, kind of the last one for today, uh, just show you a couple examples. Uh, this actually started, uh, a, a rapper started this kind of trend. But it's basically uh, a tweet that goes out that says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but, and then it's a you know something to change your life. And the one that kind of blew up that made it start trending was, I don't know who needs to hear this, but cancel that free trial. Does that I mean that hits me right in my heart? Like I am the world's worst for signing up for a free trial. And listen, I have to set reminders on my calendar to cancel, right? So here's a couple others, Brooke. No, 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 shh, shh, don't be, I'm already embarrassing myself. Let me show you just two more real quick of, uh, I don't know who needs to hear this, uh, but you already have six blank notebooks at home. Come on, ladies, let me hear you on that one. Yeah, here's another one. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you have food at home. That's me, my goodness. I'll tell you, there was a time in my life yesterday where I went, uh, when, I, when you go to the drive-thru and you have other drive-thru leftovers from the last time you went to the drive-thru, you're going to the restaurants too, too frequently. So listen, listen to me. I don't know who needs to hear this, but your best days are ahead of you. Not behind you. I mean it. Why? Because God is for you. Because God has a plan for your life. Because God's grace is sufficient for all of your needs. He, the, the Bible labels him over 40 different names. And every single name represents something that I need. Healing. Strength. Refuge. Refuge. Your best days aren't behind you, they are ahead of you. And here's, like, my heart is broken because there are believers in this room that don't believe that. You know it's in the Bible. You can recite the verse, but you don't believe it. And here's how I know you don't believe it because you live your life based on what you believe to be true. And if you believe that God was for you, and that God had his best for you, and that your best days are still yet to come, and that he had a plan for your life, then your life would be different. I remember growing up, and so my grandfather was a pastor, an evangelist really. His son, which is my uncle, was my childhood pastor. And I remember going to all these revivals growing up. If you're not familiar with that churchy language, basically it was these days, like a couple days consecutive in a row, sometimes weeks, gatherings of the church and the community and the city all coming out to experience a move of God. And they would come in for days and then it would go to weeks and they would just chase and pursue God and cry out for God. And you would hear stories of all these miracles taking place. Now, I get it. Like humans do, that was manipulated. That was monetized and became on TV. I get all that. But the essence of revival. I met a lady one time that said, my grandfather who was preaching a revival back home, said that she literally drove by the church. And just when she drove by the church, the presence of God was so weighty. She had to pull over to the side of the road because she was just undone in the best of ways. And I hear stories like that. I grew up witnessing. I remember all the faith we had when we launched this church. I remember how it felt yesterday, how faith-filling it felt yesterday. I remember how, how much faith I just felt in those three songs. Man, the faith, the hope level just is through the roof. How quick, though, does it drain when we walk out those doors? Because rather than living a life of revival, most of us just feel stuck. But most of us just are, are like more like, we're more stagnant. It breaks my heart. There's actually a scientific term for that. It's referred to as doldrums. Anyone ever heard of a doldrum before? It's actually, there's a place on Earth called the equator. Let's go back to seventh grade science class for a second. OK. Uh, there's this place on Earth called the equator, where the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere collide. And so, you know, if you've ever seen a radar, if you've ever watched, uh, I guess, Mike Mays, since Greg Fishel's gone, right? Rip, RIP, Greg Fishel, my man. So now we got Mike Mays. If you've ever seen the radar, you know the northern hemisphere flows one way, southern hemisphere flows a different way at this place called the Intertropical Convergence Zone. See, that sounds so smart. Intertropical Convergence Zone. The doldrums take place. Here's what I mean by that. The winds from these hemispheres cancel each other out. In other words, there is no wind. There is no breath. And so back before motorized boats became a thing, if you were a sailor, you sailed into this no-wind zone, guess what? You probably died. You didn't get out. And so what I wanted to do is just display for you four moods that we go through. And I don't do this joyfully, but I really believe that as I say this, I'm not even going to project. I'm just going to suggest that maybe you just try to see if any of this relates to your life. Four current moods that we go for when we're stuck in the doldrum, right? When, we've, when, we, when we're suffocating, when, when we're stagnant. The first current mood that we go through. Yeah, I wanted to show that real quick. Yeah. Okay, now you can go to the next one. Okay. Is we start faking it. We start faking it. The worst thing that social media has ever done, and I love social media. I'm not like up here preaching against it. I love it. I use it every day, Instagram, Twitter. But the worst thing it's ever done and that it has brainwashed our culture into doing is two things. Thinking that if I don't post it, it didn't happen, right? But even worse than that is, is, is ingraining in us that we have to filter everything. I know people who spend more time cropping and editing the photo than they do anything else. So it's all about projecting the image that you want everyone to associate you with. So we come in here today and we're in debt and we're depressed and we're miserable. And then you walk up and someone says, how are you doing? I'm great. No, you're not. Because God knows we can't let anybody know how we're really doing. This is not the time and place for that. Nor is any time or place, really. So we fake it. We hide it you conceal it, don't feel it. Current mood. Come on. Jeremiah, the Bible says this in Jeremiah chapter six, verse 14. They dress the wound of my people as though if it were not serious. You ever had anyone downplay your condition? You're sharing. Maybe you do actually kind of open up. You start sharing what you're going through. and oh, I'll, I'll be praying, brother. <laughs> and you're not even really sure if they're praying. I hate when I, I hate say, when people say praying on Facebook threads because you know, you know they're not for the most part. But this says we we bandage, we we put a band aid over our wounds, and if they're not serious, and we say things like peace, peace, and we come in here, we sing songs about peace and hope and love and greatness and freedom. And there's no peace. That that verse should be on there, right? Yep. There's no peace, thank you. Because we've got to fake it. We can't let anybody know what we're really going through. So we're walking around and we've got limbs dangling and we're bleeding out, but we've got these Band-Aids on here. We're treating them like it's a flesh wound, but it's a mortal wound. And then it turns into the second mood. You put it off. Well, I know, I'll get to it one day. I'll, it'll, get, it'll get better one day. The biggest lie that maybe we've been led to believe and we've been duped into believing is that time heals doesn't. The only thing that heals is God's spirit. That's why we say we want every single person to to find Jesus because when you find Jesus, you find a life of freedom and purpose. In other words, you find a life of healing because he is the only thing that can heal. Time doesn't heal. In a lot of cases, time makes it worse. Because what do you do? You just sit and stew on it. And you start having conversations with yourself. And you start spinning the narrative that you want to believe about it. It, it doesn't make it better. Man, it'll be straight up, like some of our relationships right now are are, are so stagnant. There hasn't been any like fresh wind, fresh breath of air, and that thing in a long time. And then we say things. Well, well, it'll get we'll get better one day. One day I'll actually bring up how I feel. One day I'll actually be intentional. One day I'll actually, no, we won't. You'll fake it. You'll put it off. In fact, Hebrews 12, 15 says, See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause what? Trouble and defile many. We are renting our house right now and the owners are idiots because here's what they did. They planted a tree next to the sewage. So, two months ago, I walk out and my front yard is flooded. <laughs> and I so they didn't just plant the tree beside it; they bricked the tree, which means they can they confound the roots right there around the plumbing system and the sewage system. Like, what are you thinking, right? And here's what happened. Uh, when, uh, there's a flower bed around it. There's flower beds all over my yard. If there's a weed there. I can walk out, put two fingers on it, pull it up, and it's done. But man, if the roots grow down, now I got to get my shovel. I got to go get my chainsaw. I'm hooking it up to the truck with a chain. Come on, Wayne County, y'all. Uh, it takes a lot of work. You may never get all that up. So, what happens when you put it off. Listen, you can come in here every single Sunday and fake it. You can. You can put it off. Here's the most tragic thing that happens when that takes place. Eventually, you give up. The Bible says that hope hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I know. Go ahead. Everyone just get that out. It happens. That's your free laughter for the summer. Okay? See here. Here's how God works with me, okay? If I don't write jokes into my sermon, he just makes me do something stupid so you laugh to keep your attention. But don't miss that, okay? Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so we put off what needs to be addressed. The bitter roots grow down and then it kills and suffocates everything around it including us, including our freedom, including your relationships, including your hope, your faith. Job went through some, some pretty tragic incidents. If you've never read that story, I encourage you to go read it. In this moment, when the tragedy hits Job at its height, this is what he says. Where then is my hope? Can anyone see hope for me? This, this was a man who, he was, literally he was so faithful to God that God allowed Satan to tempt him and take things away from him to prove his faithfulness. And in the height of it, he's, he's where is my hope? He literally believed, and and some of you have, you're literally at this point where you believe it cannot get better. You've just subscribed to the reality that you're just gonna be miserable for the rest of your life. The best days are not behind in front of you. They're behind you, and those days weren't even that great. You lost hope. Ever notice that when somebody... Uh, brings you a problem, you're like the greatest psychiatrist and theologian ever. Like you've got books, you're pointing to your PhD, you got 25 solutions, right? But then when it's you with the problem, you just you can't. You're just like just Charlie Brown. Everything like you don't, no, nothing. Nobody says makes sense. You don't want to. You don't want to take advice. You don't. This person you know what they're talking about, right? That's just, isn't that funny how that works? Because it's about faking it, putting it off. You give up, and then here's, here's the sad part. You die. Now I'm talking spiritually, but let's be honest. We experience this in every facet, don't we? Marriage, careers, second career. Listen to this. And if this is you, if you've checked out of your faith, on your marriage, on your career, on your passions, on your dreams, you think you're alone, listen to what Paul says. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, says this in 2 Corinthians, we were under such great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. But I thought God would never give us more than we could handle. That's a lie. This life and things that you encounter are above your ability to handle it. That's why we need Jesus. Paul says that we were under such pressure and we despaired even our life. I wanted to die. I wanted to quit. I wanted to back out. I wanted to go home. I wanted to move back. I wanted to walk out. I wanted them to walk out so I wouldn't feel like I was the bad person. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Paul felt the same way. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. I'm not naive enough to believe that some of you are not in one of these moods right now. Sitting in this room, listening to this message, singing these songs, some of serving today. The best part of this sermon is not to talk about your current mood. The best part of this sermon is to tell you the good news and that you don't have to stay there. And if you are a believer in this room, and really this entire series, I'm talking to the believers. You Not only do you not have to stay that way, you shouldn't live that way. And my prayer for you today is that you would feel a breath of fresh air in your Life, Maybe for the first time ever, maybe for the first time in years, that today God's spirit would begin to renew and revitalize your marriage, renew and revitalize your dreams and your passion and your willingness and your reason to live. You don't have to live checked out. You don't have to live hopeless. You don't have to live stressed unless you choose to. This isn't some supernatural, magical, do these 10 things. No, this is the gospel. This is the reason Jesus died for you. Not that you, you can just live up and store up treasures in heaven for eternity so that you can have life on this earth, on this side of eternity. Because the gospel is not external. It is internal. It is a transformation Of you from the inside out. The Bible calls it a regeneration. You are reborn. The old you has died, and this new person with new patience and new generosity and new love and new forgiveness takes place where the old you used to have residence. And if that's not happening in your life, I'm here to tell you today that it's time. To change your mood. It's time to make a choice. It's time to reflect what it means to be a believer of Jesus. We can go serve all day long and sweat all day long. It will mean nothing if our lives outside of the service project don't match. I'm not saying you can't have bad days. I'm just saying you shouldn't live there. I'm not saying you can't fall. I'm just saying you shouldn't live there. The door to the prison has been open. You can be not bound in chains and still live in the prison cell. Today you have a chance to walk out. Because here's a choice that every single one of us can make today. And let me tell you, it's not just a today choice. It's not just a Sunday morning choice. It is an every morning, every day, every moment choice. You need to become disciplined in making. Here it is. I can go through the motions or I can go through a transformation. You can show up to church every Sunday. You can sign up for serve day, join the dream team, go to next steps, give money, cook meals for people, take it to them. You can do all those things. You can get up and read your Bible 20 times a day. And I'm not saying that those things are are bad. Obviously, that they're They're great disciplines to have. They're great offerings and service to do. Man, if your heart's not transformed, it's not going to end the way you think it is. Just take take kids, for example, right? Parenting is largely behavior modification. We want our kids to act the way we want them to act. And so we have the the conversation in the car, and then we yell at them three times at the pool when they're running around and they're going down the slide head first, even though the lifeguard said don't go down headfirst, and you're threatening and you're grounding and you're restricting and you're bribing. Why? Because you want them to act a certain way. But you will never have a hope of having good kids until you transform the heart. The heart matters because we are inside out creatures. Inside out beings, but culture wants you to believe that it's all about the outside. Your life can be falling apart, but as long as you act like you're good and you still show up and you handle your responsibilities, the inside doesn't really matter. That's not what Jesus said, that's not how he lived, and that's not the gospel. There's laws binding me to my wife, so I better be faithful. I made these vows. I better serve her. I better do these things. there's There's these rules. There's these obligations. So I better do it. Here's a better option. No, no, no. I love her. So it's not even a thought to be unfaithful to her. Why? Because I love her. Not because I'm obligated, but because I choose her. Right? Better option. So here's the choice that we have to make. And it's in the very First story in the Bible, Genesis chapter two, God creates the whole world, Adam and Eve, places them in the garden. Here's what he says in verse nine of chapter two. In the middle of the garden was a choice, the tree of life born out of love or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, obligation, laws. Regulations. For some reason, there is a slant that we always choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why? Because we just want to be told what to do, and what not to do. Because we think that if we make a mistake that I can fix it by doing something right. But God, God goes on to say in verse 16, the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. In other words, enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. But there is one restriction. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Galatians 3 calls it a curse. It's a curse because we think that we can control it and that we can earn it. And that my good works and my service and my obligation and my perfect attendance record and my perfect tithe record and the fact that I served I signed up for serve day two years in a row wins God's approval and it wins God's love. But that is not life, that is not freedom. Listen to me, it's a curse. If you think you control God's view of you, it's a curse. If you think you can earn your way into heaven, it's a curse. So here's the choice you have today. It's the same thing that God says in Deuteronomy. This is all I'm losing from one end of the Bible to the other to show you. The Bible is littered with this. Okay. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you. He's talking about the day That you and I stand before him and give account for our life. I call heavens and the earth to witness against you. And here's what they're going to see. That I have set before you the red pill or the blue pill. Right? That I have set before you life or death. Blessings or curses. Now here's a choice. Here's the admonishing coming from God. Here, here's, the, here's what He's like begging us to do. Choose life. Friends, listen to me. Choose. Life. You're miserable. You're stressed out all the time. You live in the negative. Choose life. Why would we do that? Why would we stay there? Who in their right mind would want to come into a community? Who wants that? I'm already that way. Why do I want more of the negativity? No, no, no. Man, the fruits of the Spirit, right? Galatians 5. It's love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, forgiveness. For a lot of us, they've dried up. It's rotten, bitter. But can I just tell you, today you have a choice to choose life. And I'm begging you. As a person who is on their knees and their face often in front of God for you to choose life. The question becomes, how alive do you want to be? There's a big difference between surviving and thriving. There's a big difference between existing and living. So I don't know who needs to hear this, but you need to stop trying to do more. You need, i tell you what, you need to read your Bible more. You need to read that one year Bible twice this year. You need to pray more. You need to show up to church more. You need to give more. Come on, amen. You need to, you need to serve more. That's what you need to do. You need to do more. No, because you'll never do enough. Jesus' main objective on his rescue mission wasn't so that you would do something so that he could get to you. You were the main objective. So you need to stop trying to do more and you just need to receive what's already been done. It Just point it out right here. John, Jesus says it in John right here. Verse, chapter five, verse 39 through 40. He's talking to the most religious people in the town. The people who have perfect attendance and know the laws and scripture and can, you know, You know, cuss you out and smile at you at the same time. You know, like they're just religious people. And Jesus looks at them and says, You diligently study scriptures because you think that it's about how much you know. Hello, you missed it because the scriptures are talking about me. And you refuse to come to me for life. And my heart is broken. Because believers all across this city and people all across this city are going to every other well, trying to find life, trying to find help, trying to find relief, trying to find hope. And they are refusing to go to the source of hope and life. We are choosing curse. We are choosing death because we want to fake it and we want to hide it. And then we give up because I've been dealing with it for 10 years and there's been no relief, so why would I try now? So eventually you just die. Check out. The best part about receiving is you don't have to add to it. You don't have to take away from it. You just receive it because it's already been finished. And friends, when Jesus went to the cross for you and for me, And he stretched his arms out and he died with his last breath. He looked up towards heaven and he thought about you and he thought about me and he said these words, it is finished. In other words, there's nothing you can do to make it better. There's nothing you can do to deserve it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. But on the bright side, there's nothing you can do to take away from it. There's nothing you can do to lose it. It is finished and it's not dependent upon you doing anything other than receiving it. And enjoying it. Who gets a gift and puts it in the closet? Maybe you bring it out once a week when you're at church. That's not life. It's not freedom. Who goes to the mall and buys a new outfit and only wears it one time? My wife. But beyond that. <laughs> Just kidding. Beyond that. But do you, do you understand the imagery there? We have this brand new life. Custom fit for us. And we would rather walk around in our grave clothes We would rather walk around with what we wore in prison than to flaunt and to swag out and to drip and drop the juice of what Jesus is trying to do in our lives. I know it's funny, but it's real. And it's not just unbelievers. It is people who say they have faith in Jesus. I don't know who needs to hear this but you got to stop trying to get God's approval and just receive his love. You think because you have to live a certain way to get other people's approval that you have to do all these things to get God to love you but can I just tell you God loves you. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you've done in your life. I don't care what you said. I don't care what you've done. He loves you and he put his love on the line regardless if you ever came home or not. Here's how I know. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us. How? That while we were still sinners, he died for us. changes the game, friends. Because some of you can't come in here and worship freely. Because you feel like you haven't done enough this week to deserve to get in here and worship. friend, you walked through the door to get here. Jesus did everything else to get to you. That is worthy enough to worship. Because he did it whether you came through the door or not. Some of us won't take the next step in what God's calling us to do because we think we're not worthy. Friend, you were worthy enough before you found him. Stop trying to win his approval. He's already approved you. He literally, with his own life, put a stamp of approval on you. He may not agree with everything you're doing, but man, he loves you. And he loves you enough to, to see you grow and to see you blossom and to see you develop How? By doing more? No. By transforming from the inside out. I don't know who needs to hear this. But you need to stop obeying out of duty. And obey out of delight. Because here's the deal when we live for god out of our love for god his commands no longer become obligation they're byproducts i've showed you this before but john 14:15 here's the difference between god's commands and his work doesn't mean it's not hard but it's no longer a burden when i do it out of love here's the difference when my wife asks me to do something is if it's uh, I guess I have to do this because I'm married to her. My dad, my kids called my name dad, 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 30,000 times and it's, ugh. It's completely different when it's out of love. Doesn't mean it's not inconvenient at times. Doesn't mean it's not hard work. But it's not a second thought. Here's the difference. John 14, 15. Here's the difference. If you love me, you'll do what I ask you to do. If you love me, you'll forgive. If you love me, you'll go. If you love me, you'll take that next step. If you love me, you'll, you'll tithe. If you love me, you'll serve. If you love me, you'll call that person up and go sit down with them and have that conversation. Versus, if you love me, you will obey what I say. It's different. It's different. Today, you have a choice. The last thing I want to show you is this. Here at Rescue Church, we believe that everybody in this room today has a step today. Maybe for some of you, your first step is towards Jesus. You don't know him as Savior. You don't know him as Rescuer. But today you can. Today is your day. I don't know who needs to hear this, but today can be the day that everything changes for you. and every all of us still our next step is always with Jesus. And I want to show you this scripture and let it encourage us to take this next step here today. As a warning that you can do all the right things. And it might not end up the way you think it's going to end up. Because it's not about obligation. It's not about religion. It's about love. It's about relationship. And I'm not, before I even read it, what I'm not saying is that your obedience and your disciplines are bad things. No, no, no. Those are byproducts. Think of a will. Your love for God, your relationship with God is the center of the will and all the spokes coming off of it. That's what moves you forward. Forward motion must be fueled by love, friends. Jesus is having this conversation. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, not everyone who shows up and sings oceans and lifts their hands or enter into heaven Not everyone who serves on the dream team will enter into heaven. Not everyone who moves to a new city to plant a church will enter into heaven. Not everyone who shows up for serve day will enter into heaven. But only he or she who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Which destroys the argument that the... That we have to do all these things. The, the will of the Father is that you would love Him and be loved by Him. That is the will of the Father. Many will say to me on this day, but Lord, I, did we not prophesy in your name? Did I not preach a cold sermon series called Memes and Moods, God? Did I not drive out demons in your name? I packed 171 meals yesterday, God. Did I not perform all these things? You say, you did. But in the midst of doing, you missed me. You didn't even know me. Because if you knew me, you would be free. If you knew me, you would walk in freedom and you would live on purpose. Friends, today your choice is is to begin that journey and I promise you if you give me three more weeks I will unpack why this is so important and then in August I'm going to walk you through how to do it if I never get a chance to preach another message these next few weeks I, I could preach this message and God willing feel like I did what I was called here to do it's that important it's that life altering here's the question how free do you want to be How alive do you want to be? I'm going to ask you to stand up where you are. If you would, just bow your head. Close your eyes just for a few moments. And today, God, I lift up the people in this room. The hearts and souls of every individual here today. God, and I pray that here here it is Deuteronomy 30, here's the choice, life or death, blessings or cursings. Here it is, an opportunity, an invitation to take a step towards Jesus today and then to go on a journey with you. God, there's people, individuals in the room right now that need to respond to an invitation to accept you as Lord and Savior, to accept your grace, to accept your love to accept your rescue. And I pray that you would just move in their life now. And if that's you, I just want you to repeat this prayer. You don't have to do it out loud, whatever you're, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. But, but this is a just a sample of something that you could say. Something like this. It's so simple. Father God, thank you for seeing me and for choosing me despite where I've been and despite where I am today. Thank you for rescuing me. I accept your son Jesus as my Savior and as my Lord. And I ask that you would help me today on this journey of walking with you. A journey into a life of freedom Thank you for listening. Join us each week here on the pod or live in Durham. Keep up with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Rescue Church NC.